Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. I'm Kim Thompson-Pinder, the extraordinary word ninja and founder of RTI Publishing, where we work with you to ghostwrite and publish your signature book that will double your business by attracting clientele and position you as the go-to expert in your niche. Next, we will show you how to use your book to make lead generation and conversion a snap while building an audience. My guests include professionals, entrepreneurs, and coaches who use their skills to build people powerfully. They will share their story and powerful tips that will help you live better. They will also share their writing journey and how it has impacted their life and the lives of their readers. If you've ever wondered if writing a book makes a difference, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. And today I'm so thrilled to have Ryan Bennett on the show. And the reason why is I love meeting new people and you feel like, as Anne and Green Gables would say, kindred spirits. We had our first conversation a few days ago and I'm like, Ryan, you've got to be on this show because I know that he's got so much that he's going to invest in all of you guys today. Now, Ryan is a high-performance coach and author, speaker, uh, who guides people to their full potential in their lives, businesses, and teams through his proven method of intentional growth. He's also a former ESPN academic All-American, and he decided to channel his competitiveness from baseball to business by founding a startup company in the Silicon Valley. Now, after a few years of iterations and modest growth, he became a statistics where he had to shut down the company. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about his introduction there, but sometimes we think as entrepreneurs that if we fail once, that makes us a failure, and it doesn't. But as he reflected on that experience, he realized that in the same way he developed himself as an athlete, he needed to apply that same method to become a high performer in business. He is also the author and uh, of The Intentional Day. So welcome to the show, Ryan. Hey, thanks for having me on, Kim. So Ryan, why don't you share a bit of your story with us? Because here you are, you, you've gone from being this athlete to this very strong entrepreneur. And I want to hear how that transition went. Yeah, there was a big crumble of the bridge between those two things. <laughs> a big, a big uh, pie of humble pie there I had to eat. Um, and so we'll, we'll catch up right there. Like I, I had a successful baseball career. I was competitive driven. I had the you know, mindsets about baseball. And, and then as I just with ego, probably a little arrogance to take that to the business world. And over two and a half years, like you mentioned, I became a statistic and I had to let go of my team. I lost all my money and I had to move back into my parents' basement at age 27 with no idea what I wanted to do. Yeah, that was a hard spot to be. I needed to go through that process, a humbling process, because it just had, I just had to grow up. And when I reflected on that experience, I realized that the, the, the mentality, the mindset, all the stuff I did in the baseball field, I wasn't doing in the professional world. And unfortunately, a failed business is like what triggered me and what, what brought the light bulb moment to me, like, wait a minute, I know how to do this. Let me go apply this. Yes. And I, and I, and I developed what I've coined the intentional growth model. I, I, I developed a path for me to take what I want to do and, I, and, and take it to the professional world. I had the opportunity then right after that 
to join another startup company. And I got really excited because not only do I get to now get back into the game and the business game and that thrill of that, but I get to, I get to take this approach and see if, does it actually work? Can I actually grow myself personally and professionally through this model that I developed? And over seven years with that company, we took just an idea that had a patent on it and we built multiple products, raised millions of dollars of venture capital investment and have fortune 500 clients using our product every single day. And so for me, I got to walk away from that experience and I realized that, okay, this path to grow for me personally does allow me to achieve what I define as success. And so um, I wrote a book based on it and now I get to talk to you and your audience about, about goal setting for entrepreneurs. Awesome. Now let me ask you a question. So in your first business, was it you just building the business predominantly or were you with other people? I had a few other people on a team. It was, it was a small team, but I have a few other developers there. So it was a few of us and myself as, as the business leader of it. And so that, that was the team. So basically you were running everything. I was running everything, which is the scary moment out of 26, 27 year old running everything. <laughs> <laughs> so then in the second company you were in though, you were with a team of people that were helping you to grow and develop the business. Did you find that made a difference as well? Totally night and day for me. And one of the reasons I wanted to get back in the business with those guys, the other two founding partners with me was because they were older, wiser, and way more experienced than I did. Mm -hmm. And so one of the guys was a president, used to be a president at a public company here in Kansas City, led 10,000 people in his organization. So I get to now chance to work hand in hand with this guy and get to learn real life leadership stuff and real tactical things. And the other leader worked right underneath him as a VP and he led thousands of people as well. And so for me, I got to not only get scratched the competitive itch I had, but I get to learn how to actually be a good leader from people who've actually led thousands of people successfully. And I think that's a really good point that you just made is the fact that you learned under somebody. I found as entrepreneurs, we've gotten this impression that we have to be able to figure everything out on our own. And it's, it's just not true. The fastest path to entrepreneurial success is to either work with, be mentored, or be coached by someone who's already been down the road, who knows all the pitfalls and can say, hey, yeah, don't go that way, been that way, done there, done that, fell flat on my face, you don't need to do that, right? And so I always encourage entrepreneurs to always be learning and growing. Now, some entrepreneurs are in their beginning, maybe they don't have the money for, you know, big mentors and coaches, but it doesn't mean that you can't learn. And I'll just share one very quick story. When I was uh, probably in about my first year of RTI publishing, I'd already been an entrepreneur for a long time, so there was a lot of things I knew. But I went to this conference. It was actually a free conference day. This gentleman was did a whole day free, and I went. And it was amazing what that one day did to my business. I mean, he just so totally blew my brain. I wanted to smack the man so many times because he was stretching every box I had. <laughs> and yet it was the truth. And, and during the day, I came to recognize, wait a second, this guy's telling the truth. I may not like the truth, but he's telling the truth. And if I want to grow a successful business, then I need to start implementing some of these things. So. Ooh. That's a really good story. Like you may not like it, but you knew it was true. Like welcome to entrepreneurship for us, right? Like this is, <laughs> I don't like what that customer said about my product, but they weren't wrong. I have to change now. Ouch, that hurts my baby here. 
Well, I think as an entrepreneur, we, we need to learn to have a thick skin and recognize that when people say things like that, they're not necessarily talking about our character. They're just talking about something that needs to be changed. Like today, I um, just got off the phone with my manager before I got on here. And we've got a client who's getting ready to launch her book really soon. And the last stages of a book launch are really intense. It can be an anxious time. You know, and she had emailed us this morning and, you know, my book doesn't have this and this and this and this, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? And my manager called me and I'm like, okay, first of all, just take a deep breath. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I know that we've done a good job for this woman, right? And I just, I reminded her, I said, remember, you know, the last stages are always, everybody gets anxious and they think things are missing and whatever. And, you know, so we will respond to her and assure her that her book is good. Right. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, we have to not take these things personally. And sometimes we have to step back and look through the eyes of the other person who's telling us this stuff. Mm, It's really good. I think there's a little bit of emotional intelligence in this too, of not taking the emotions out of it, but understanding these are real emotions people are going through. Now, how do I operate out of here successfully? And that that's just takes time and experience and and working on emotional intelligence. But I love hearing that story because that's, that's real life. That's how every entrepreneur feels before they launch a product. And I think there's wisdom you had, Kim, there for your team on that. Well, here's the thing. If you take everything personally as an entrepreneur, you're not going to stay as an entrepreneur long. Because <laughs> I tell you, you'll, you will be offended very quickly. <laughs> yes, you're going to crumble. <laughs> and the other thing I've learned, too, is there are some people who don't want you to succeed. So what do you do about that? Well, it's learning to recognize You see, this client today was just, she's anxious about her book. There's all this stuff. There's all these pieces. You know, she's a little bit confused. So it's like assuring her. But, you know, when someone comes right out and attacks you, be honest, I just ignore it. Because, see, the game is they want you to react. And and the more you react, the more they win. Mm -hmm. And something I've learned about myself, I'm not a debater. And I hate confrontation. Okay, you put me in that situation. I have no clue what to say. I think of the best things like about six hours later when I'm asleep, that would be great comebacks. (laughs) But in the moment, I can't do that. I'm not that type of person that can have that perfect comeback that just conquers everything that they say. So how do I win? I just don't fight. Mm. Here's the thing. Say what you want about me. Those who know and love me the best, you know, love me the best, they know me. And so they know that what this person's saying is not true. And if other people believe that person, then do I really want those other people in my life to begin with? And the really truth is, is that, you know, somebody can say something, it'll go on for a few days. And if I don't react, they get bored, they go on to somebody else and eventually it just fades into the... Yeah. As you continue down your path of growing your business and nothing was changed. Great. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I think Frank Ocean said that, like, work in silence and let your work be your noise or something like that, Frank Ocean said. or It was some beautiful quote. It was like, okay, let the work be the noise, and you don't need to yeah. worry about it. Yeah, and the thing is, is, you know, I've been in the process of building a tribe of people who know, like, love, and trust me, right? Mm. And most of my clients become like extended family. And if someone said anything bad about me, they'd be like, oh, no, you don't know Kim. I know Kim. This is not Kim. Right. And if anybody else does, oh, well, 
you know what, in this digital world, there's a lot of fish in the sea. And if you're not yes. my fish, that's okay. I throw you back in and let somebody else catch you. <laughs> yeah. It's like the 98-2 rule, which is like 98% of people are good and like want to help you. And it's the 2% that like want to take you down. And even inside a company, there's a 2% that are just bad for your culture. And like, don't build rules around those 2%. Get rid of those 2% and let the 98% thrive, right? Same thing for you. Like, Forget about those 2% haters. The 98% of people who know you are like, Kim is awesome and we are a part of her. We want to encourage her and support her. And it's like, that's just kind of like the rule I use, 98-2 rule. I, I kind of help myself. Okay, is this the 2%? Okay, if it is, let me put it over here. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> exactly. They're just going to be haters. <laughs> so this is not actually the topic for today's podcast. <laughs> but Ryan, you've come prepared today to really focus in on three key areas about making our day, making our lives and making our business intentional. So I'm going to let you loose to share <laughs> what you've prepared for my audience today. Okay. Thanks, Kim. I was enjoying that conversation, but let's get into some tactical <laughs> stuff. Um, so I'm going to share three kind of big things today with some tactical hows to for the entrepreneur in us. And so the first main thing is that being an entrepreneur is fulfilling, but really, really hard and it's actually really, really lonely. Yes. And so, and, and one of the things that as an entrepreneur is hard, at least for me and my, myself, is that we don't have bosses. We don't have a sounding board. We don't have stuff to help us be accountable. And so sometimes we can start just drifting through our business without taking a stop, step back and look at it. And so one of the tactics I wanted to, on this section here, and this is how to be, like how to actually set your goals for your business. And so there's two things to take away. One is that I encourage people, and I do this, uh, once a month to go out and actually have a board meeting with yourself. And it ah. sounds weird, but carve off time, have questions up front, turn your phone off, be in a space that really lets you dream and think without distractions. So for me, personally, I'm based in Kansas City, Missouri, so we have pretty good weather. So I'll go out and actually hike in the woods and turn my phone off. And it just, I have a little list on my phone. I turn my phone on airplane mode, but I have a little list on my phone of things I want to talk about. And I'll, I'll, I'll start asking myself the questions around the different pillars of business. What's working well in my marketing? What's different? What do I need to include? Have I created enough time to actually write and create content? Have I been too much focused on the tactics of the day? You know, things like this is really important. And it's amazing what will come out of it when I create the space to actually have a board meeting with myself. That's pretty and, cool. I am. Um... I actually do that more than once a month because I live out of town. So I'm, I'm out in the middle of woods. And uh, so it's a half an hour drive into town. And I find a lot of times, like sometimes I'll put on a podcast or music, but a lot of times I just have that time quiet mm. and it's all back roads, right? So unless it's blizzard in the middle of winter, cause I'm in Canada. Um, most of the time it's just a really lovely, you know, non-stress drive. And so I do a lot of that when I'm driving you know, not in town and that, but you know, when you're out on the back roads, yeah. you're kind of like, uh, yeah. Oh, and you get when all your mind can dream a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Like your mind gets to like relax and get to like, okay, this is, this is good. Yeah. That, that's exactly what we're talking about. And, and I'm sure you probably experienced it, right? There, there's things that pop that bubble up that you're mm -hmm. like, Whoa, I haven't thought about that, but that's actually a really good idea. <laughs> you know, yeah, like exactly. let me go do this or, Oh, why am I spending so much time with this one client, which is so away from the core of what I actually want to do and what I'm good at and what I get paid to do. Okay. I need to now like cut this off. 
Yeah. And so it's just little, it's, it's a tactical thing. So I encourage once a month, you do it more than that, which is wonderful. So that's a tactical thing I want to give your audience. The second piece on this so, upsetting. Brian, business, I'm going to stop yeah. you there because you mentioned something that's really important. And let's just touch on this for a second. Sure. Sometimes you need to fire, fire your clients. Tell me, tell me more about this. Sometimes if a client's not right for you or they're just not a good person or sometimes they're just kind of out to get you. One of the best things you can do is get rid of them. Now there's two ways to get rid of them. If you can afford to just cut them off and give them a refund for whatever you owe them, do it. Sometimes you can't afford to do that though as an entrepreneur. So my suggestion is, is just ignore a lot of the stress that's coming at you through this project, get that project done fast, get that client off of your plate and don't, you know, don't allow that stress in because, you know, sometimes you get these clients that drain you mentally, emotionally, you know, you're, they're on your mind all the time. They're so demanding, you know, they want way more than what they've paid you for. Right. And actually it's okay to say, I'm sorry, but you know, this is out of the bounds of what we agreed upon for the price that I'm giving you. And usually these people have already negotiated you down to begin with. <laughs> and so, you know, you're okay to say, I'm sorry, I can't do that for you. But if you want, I can create an add-on package for you. And it'll cost this much. And here's what it is. And make sure you spell everything out. The other thing that I've learned too is always have a work agreement that clearly spells out what you're going to do, what you expect the client to do, where additional charges will be, you know, how much work are you doing before there's additional charges. And they have to sign it before you start the project. Because you can always go back to them and say, well, you know, if you go back to the work agreement, right, it's spelled out here. So you now want me to do A, B, C, and D. Well, here's the additional charges. And most times they'll be like, oh, no, I don't want you to do it. Okay. They liked you doing it for free, but now they got to pay for it. Like, I'm not, it's not that important to me. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I think, I think that's just something that's really important because as an entrepreneur, we all get those clients. Now, over time, you get them less and less because you know who you learn to know who you yes. want and who you don't yeah. want as a client. And sometimes you have to take them. But again, what you're saying is, you know, one of the things that I love to do is set expectations and aspirations. So expectations, okay, what are the expectations from us? And part of that is that scope of work or that document. Um, I use scope of work, so I'm coming from software, but there's a document that says, okay, this is what I'm going to do and here's the price to do it. And then aspiration is, you know, that's kind of where they get to dream and you get to kind of exceed their expectations. And that's wonderful because you want to see how to do that. And to kind of close out this topic is one of the really good books that I've read around this is by Dr. Henry Cloud and it's Boundaries for Leaders. So it's like his boundaries book, which is for personal life, but it's for actual business leaders. And he talks about how to set boundaries correctly as a business leader. And it's a brilliant book. I highly recommend it to your audience who are leaders in the world. Oh, I love Dr. Henry Cloud. I haven't read that specific book, but I've read a lot of his others. So yeah. yeah. And, same, and that, same idea you know, just for leaders. Same, yeah, like, you same have stuff. to have boundaries in your business. Yeah. Because that's that comes not, back. Yeah. Like, you know, like, you know, you shut off the phone at a certain time of day. You don't check your emails after a certain time of day. If someone emails you after a certain time, you answer it the next day, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if someone's calling you, I mean, I had points where I just clearly spelled out, you can call me between these hours. You call me after that, I'm not answering it, right? Because my family time is important. I don't work on Sundays at all in any way, shape, or form. That's my day for church, but it's a day for family. That's a day for friends. It's a day for worship. And I just don't work. Now, if a client called me and said, Kim, I'm in the hospital, I would drop everything and go. 
But if they call me and go, Kim, I don't understand about this chapter. It can wait till Monday morning. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, like you're, they're expecting you to work on their timeline, and you can, you as a leader, get to say, I don't want to do that. This is the time that's really important. I'm prioritizing this. A story that comes to mind for me on this is I, I work with a uh, a chef here in Kansas City. He got a few restaurants. He's a uh, high producing chef. He's an awesome guy. And one of the challenges of being a chef is always fires to put out. And you own, he owns restaurants. So he's a chef in the house in, in his own restaurants, right? That's a business that's crazy. The hours are busy, always dealing with people. And one of the things when we talk about boundaries as a leader is what, what I've encouraged him to do. And, he, and now he's put it in place and it's wonderful is actually carving off time to understand what is it so special that I do as the entrepreneur that no one else can do. And for him, he has a special ability to mix ingredients and make a magical dish. So he's from Korea and, and kind of makes this fusion Korean food here in Kansas City. And he takes all these kind of local vegetables and fruits and spices and puts them into Korean food and it's special and it's magical. The challenge he ran into and why he approached me was that he was in the, the, the he was bogged down with actually running the business. Yeah. Wasn't getting back to what he's really good at and what he's excited about. And so we, over a few iterations to do this, it was hard for him, but he set that boundary of on like Tuesday afternoons for three hours, he's in his kitchen testing new stuff. And he actually has a little bit of falling around it now because people will now come to his restaurant to try out his new creations for him. So not only is he making money on it, but he's getting real time feedback and it's been working wonderfully, yes. but it was so hard for him to value his own time and set those boundaries and expectations for himself as the leader, let alone a, a client. And so just as we talk about this as entrepreneurs who are listening is this works for ourselves too. Sometimes we don't even value our time yeah. enough and put boundaries around it. Like, Hey, what is my mastery? What can I do? That's really special that no one else can. And let me make that really, really important and put it on my calendar and have a meeting with myself. because I've had a meeting with anybody else I would show up. So let me show up for my own self. So true. You have to carve out those pockets of time. You know, one thing I've, I've really been focusing on over the last year is not working so much in my business, but working mm. on my business. I like that. You know, now I'm at the point now where, you know, I've got one big project that, you know, I have to finish personally. I've got one book I'm working on for a client. But after that, I'm not taking on any more book projects. I've got a team now because I can't do it all. Like I've only got so much creative mojo and I got figuring it out in the last five years. I've probably written over 150 books Wow. now wow. and our company's probably done, you know, 175, but I have my fingers in every single book, but personally have written 150. And I found this last year or so some of my creative mojo is just, how was that transition for you to delegate that? It's not easy because I'm the best writer in the company. <laughs> but what I'm doing is I'm teaching and training. So how I'm transitioning is, is that my writers write the chapter and then either myself or my manager goes through the chapters. We make revisions before the client even sees it. So what happens is, is cause see, I can revise a, a chapter very easy. Um, it doesn't take me long to revise a chapter because I do all the interviews with the clients to begin with. So I already know where we're at with the project, what their mindset is, where they're going. I mean, I get really get to know the clients. So it doesn't take me long if someone can lay me a foundation where I can fill everything in. So that saves me a lot of time as opposed to, you know, trying to write these chapters myself. Now you got to understand, okay, 
most people take several days to write a chapter. Most times, if I've got enough time set aside and I'm not interrupted, I can write a chapter in a day. Wow. Okay, so even at, at some of my worst, I'm still better than most people. But I'm finding lately that just the creative ability is very draining. And, you know, to try and be building the company and then, you know, have to have that concentrated, focused, you know, time and energy to be able to write, you know, like I said, I've only got so much creative mojo. <laughs> and so sometimes you have to step back and take that break, right? And let other people uh, carry that ball for a while. Plus, to be honest, I've been working on my own book for two years. And I, I haven't gone past chapter two because I just, I don't have time. So, you know, it's really my goal this year. I mean, it's all sitting up here. I just need to get it down. I've been, I've been thinking about it for three years now. I've got mm. so much in my brain that I want to get out and share. So, like I said, I've got this one book project. Once I finish that, then I'm not going to be taking on any book projects except for my own writing for a while. Wow. And, of course, my own writing goes a whole lot faster because I already know what I want to say. So, <laughs> I love hearing that, though, because I think the saying is, I think the stat is that basically as an entrepreneur, you need, when you delegate, you need to have the expectation that the best that they could do is going to be 80% of what you can do. And as long as you're okay with that and you train and you, and your business is good, I think that's okay. I don't know if you found that to be kind of how, how you see that in your business the thing too. Is, is like, as I do these revisions, the writers are supposed to study them. So we, we, t I take notes, I give them suggestions, you know, all that kind of stuff. So you know, if you're going to be a writer on my team, you have to be teachable. And so, you know, they go through those revisions and they look at what I did and they study them and then they implement those things. So they're constantly improving. Now, will they ever hit me? No, because I'm constantly improving. Right. Yeah. But here's the thing as, as we do that, we all move up together. Right. And it's, it's not about a competition. And, you know, I say I'm the best because I am, but it's not a bragging thing. It's just the truth. I am. I've written 150 books, right? Like I know how to write a book, but my goal is to help them become better writers, right? I don't need to be doing it all myself. I just need to work and train. Now, Ryan, what we're going to do, because we're almost at the half an hour point, and I know you still have two more points. We want to talk about your book, but let's end this here. And then let's do the second episode. Okay. Because great. you've got so much to share and I, I, I don't want to cram it into like two or three minutes. Okay. So any one last thought just before we knock off this topic today? My last thought is that yes, being an entrepreneur is really lonely and yes, but it's also really fulfilling. And I highly encourage you not only take time for yourself, but also find a mastermind, find a group of mentors, find a group of, of colleagues who are, are doing businesses themselves and have breakfast, have coffee, just find your tribe, find your community that's going to encourage you because it's lonely, but also really fulfilling and really fun. Awesome. Now, Ryan, how can people connect with you if, they, if they've been listening today? And we're going to talk about your book in the next, uh, next session, but how can people connect with you and find out more about you and what you do and how you can help people? Yeah, thank you for the question. Um, so you, my website, theintentionalday.com. That's also where my book's at and some of the programs I have. And then also I post uh, personally on Instagram and it's at ryan.performancecoach. Nice. I like that. Thank you. 
So this has been Ryan Bennett and Kim Thompson-Pinder on the Author to Authority podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've been hearing today and you want to find out more about becoming that top entrepreneur or authority in your niche, I do have a free excerpt of my book that's coming out this year that we were talking about. So you can go to www.authortoauthority.com forward slash get dash the dash book. So thank you so much for listening. And we will continue this conversation on the very next episode. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the author to authority podcast. I have a free gift for you. I'd like to invite you to download a sample of my newest book author to authority coming out this year. If you enjoy the podcast, you will enjoy learning how becoming an author can change not only your life, but your business as well. Go to www.authortoauthority.com forward slash free dash sample. So that is www.authortoauthority.com forward slash free sample. Have a great day and stay safe.